0: the adventure jogger a podcast about trail and ultra running meet fascinating runners from the front middle and back of the pack sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running running should be fun and so should running podcasts I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is the Adventure Jogger. You know, they say, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think ultra running proves that, that is the case time and time and time again. Stop for a moment. Well, you can keep running, but just stop mentally for a moment and think of your running family. The people that you have found through this sport that have become more Than just the casual like, hey, I see him every once in a while and I don't know anything about him. We meet people. We run miles with people. We do races with people. We train with people. And they become more than friends. They become family. And you do races together. You come up with stupid adventures together. And your life changes forever. Another bromance out of the state of Pennsylvania. This one would be Dan King and Albert Propst. And they are my guests on the Adventure Jogger. Dan... Albert, welcome. Hey, hey,
1: thanks for having us.
0: All right, so I was turned on to you guys. Uh, Someone said, you guys, you need to talk to Dan and Albert because they are are running brothers. Uh, They do a lot of adventures together. It, they're they're definitely more than just the casual, Ah, eh, we'll meet every once in a while uh, for some miles. Let's kind of start first, though, and, and give people kind of your running journey. We'll start with you, Dan. W- you know, running, w- where did you discover it? How would you find the sport of ultra running? What got you to this point?
2: Yeah, well, you know, Albert's going to play a big role in that story all the way back to the beginning. I'd... Should we go with Albert I, first then? Do we want to want a spoiler alert? No, no. He's better at telling this beginning of the story. <laughs> okay, <all right. laughs> so I would say it starts in 2012. Albert had entered the Tough mutter scene and invited me to run a Tough mutter with him. And I think I remember, you know, as as would always be a theme with Albert and I, me trying to talk down what we're going to do and say, well, let's do something a little more reasonable. Uh, but he says, let's do a Tough mutter, It's 10 to 12 miles, which is amazing to think at that point in life. That actually sounded like a lot. Yeah. Uh but we we signed up for this thing. And I remember that summer of 2012, I was just I'd get home from work and I just hit the road and I was trying to do 5k most nights. Yeah. And that was that was the start of it. And I and I will say I don't know that I liked running right away. It probably wasn't until that tough motor was behind us that I realized the training was actually quite a bit of fun. Okay. So how did you so guys that, that, meet? That
0: was start? How did you, okay. So we have to go back in time then. So how did, how did Albert and Dan meet? <laughs> go ahead,
2: Dan. <laughs> yeah, sure. So on Dan, uh, come on, Dan. Two, 2009, uh, <laughs> my wife and I were engaged. We were looking for a new church in okay. our area and we visited a church we'd heard about. And You know, if you've ever if you ever visited a church, it can be a pretty awkward experience. And I remember I walk into this place and this guy just starts making a beeline for me with his hand out. And he comes up and he's like, hi, I'm Albert. Welcome. And as he's coming to me, I'm thinking, I must know this guy the way he's approaching me. We must have known each other in college. We must have worked together. And I panic, thinking I'm drawing a blank. Who is this guy? And he comes up and I'd never met him in my life. But that was how that was how Albert meets people.
1: That's, you know, that's the beginning of that That's now, for sure.
2: was the truth
0: Albert that everybody else at the church was tired of your shit at some point and then you were thinking here's <laughs> fresh blood
1: I could start over again uh, let me just tell you what I um, if you ask my wife I have my personality has toned dramatically down and I'm still I'm still a pretty large personality but really it was like it was out of control <laughs> so.
0: really so you were you were the guy that would just you wanted to greet everybody and welcome uh, everybody yeah.
1: Yeah, I want to meet everybody. want to know their name, introduce, and then when can we get together? Let's let's get together, have a meal, you know? So, I mean, that was the first time I'd ever met Dan, period. Okay. If only we knew. If only we knew at that point, Albert, what we were getting each (laughs) other into. So, it starts. Now, were either of you athletic? Albert, were you athletic up to that point? I had never played a sport in my entire life. I was a farm boy out in Ohio. Uh, I did maple syrup on the farm, threw bales of hay. Uh, I had a job since I was like 11. So that was basically my sport. I worked all of my teenage years. Um, My dad would have me running once in a while out on the road. He was a big one-mile runner. So we'd run to this Y in our road, turn around, come back. And that was just like, that was the extent of my running. I really never did anything, period. It may have actually played in to benefit me long-term because I had no injuries, right. I had nothing preventing me from doing anything other than just working my heart out.
0: Okay. You may be the next, an expert on this. Albert, tougher farm job, bailing hay or picking stones?
1: Ooh. Uh, long-term effects would be bailing hay is worse for you because we're going to hurt you more and it's going to be harder because it's chaff in your lungs, man. How many times I was in the... Uh, stuff but lifting rocks all day is pretty hard too you know it yeah, might be it might be matched there's more long-term damage to your body breathing in that chaff though i would say what is so. the
0: easiest job on the farm i don't think there is one
1: <laughs> no no everybody works yeah and like i said i didn't grow up on this farm i worked for the farmer but man, I, I i was homeschooled and uh when i was done with my homeschool by like nine ten in the morning i was on my four-wheeler going five six miles away to work on this farm until like four or five in the evening and drive back on my four-wheeler and that was my life <laughs> right now everybody's googling ohio child labor laws <laughs> yeah let's not do that well under the farm law you can do a whole lot of other things <laughs> yeah so and then like i said you know so i just came from i'm never doing anything really yeah. you know i mean i always wanted to do something i wanted to wrestle i didn't want to it just never happened. so and so yeah. it's safe to say albert the running
0: you did up until you and dan's bromance became an athletic endeavor was running your mouth. That was the extent of yeah. most of you running.
1: <laughs> what do you think, Dan?
2: <laughs> yeah, I've never heard someone say it so succinctly, but you might be onto something, Ryan. <laughs> Very just to the quick. <laughs> I feel like Ryan can already see our
0: soul. <laughs> Period. Right. I've got my glasses on. I'm peering deep into your soul. We're going to get uh, metaphysical here on the adventure jogger. So that first tough mutter hits, and that, that tough mutter, that's an interesting scene of athletes that you run into at the Tough Mudder. You guys met at church. Uh, obviously, Daniel, you, uh, Dan, you must have uh, accepted Albert's offer to come over for dinner or something, and you guys hit it off really well. And then you're, you're training for this this Tough Mudder, and you go do it. How did the Tough Mudder go?
1: Yeah, how'd yours go,
2: Dan? You yeah, I, mean, I, I remember <laughs> just thinking it was really hard, but... You know, kinda of to jump on the question you asked Albert, I was I was kind of an awkward homeschool kid growing up in Pennsylvania. Is that what I it was? Did. You guys were just awkward homeschool kids. We found it each other. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I'd never done all I'd done was mountain biking. Like I'd never run a mile until yeah. that summer of 2012. My mom didn't have me out there running. I I mean, so when I did that tough mutter, again, looking back, it doesn't seem like a lot, but yeah. for me at that point in my life I really crossed into something and realized doing you're capable of doing things harder than you would have thought, and doing hard things makes you a better person in all areas of life. And that really started to awaken something in me. Do you still have the
0: orange bandana?
1: Oh, I, st- I just I still have I all mine. I just ran with mine a few minutes ago. Did yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> They're actually the comfiest bands you can get. You can't even buy them that are that nice. <laughs> really. You have to earn them, right, Dan? That's right. Yeah, you have to <laughs> That's earn what the the those. what Tough Mudder says. <laughs>
0: They're made from the so- the soft, supple hair of people that didn't
1: finish. There you go. And they just they, like, they shave you at the end. Exactly. <laughs> you got to make
0: wristbands, man. Those things aren't free. All right. So the Tough mutter is interesting. You guys have this, this physical endeavor. What did you find your relationship
2: uh, changed during the training of this? Did you do most of this training together? gosh i don't even know if we trained a whole lot for that i I think we trained separate i mean new albert was in shape i was kind of the wild card going into this okay so you had to train. like
1: what 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 changed for us like so tough motors were like a thing you went and didn't you realize like okay that was 12 miles okay 12 miles with a whole bunch of like random things that broke it up it didn't feel like a whole lot and and you know you're getting electrocuted at the end, which is always like shocking for everybody. <laughs> yeah, you know. But Pun intended.
0: Uh, hang on. I got I got the sound effect for that. Okay. There we go.
1: Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and then what started, I think, to change the tune of just going and doing one tough mutter is I don't even know if Dan was at when I was doing a bunch of them. And then I got to the end of one. And I just stood there. I was like, I want, can I just go again? They're like, sure. So I ran it twice. Yeah. And then one and one of them I ran three times. I'm like, this is amazing. We can just keep going. And the interesting thing about it, it breaks it up. Right. So I only had to pay one entry fee. And I'm like, I'm as cheap skate as you can possibly get. So <laughs> and I'm like, I get to run three tough mutters in one day. <laughs> so that I think there was something about that mentally that when you break into something, you start to realize, like, well, let me just try it one more time. Wait a minute this is doable can and it's actually still fun and i think that was like a neat way to enter where we're at now in life because it was like a soft opening of a restaurant you know what i mean it was like it wasn't intimidating you just went through it once oh let's try it again you know so so dan albert starts doing these
0: multiple tough mutters and i'm sure he's telling you all about this what are you thinking when he's doing this two or three times you're thinking this is a great idea or this guy's an idiot
2: yeah idiot's a strong word ryan but i'm definitely thinking he's crazy Uh, and good for him sounds like fun at this point i'm still in like the 10k scene having a good time you know running running a couple road races a year
0: okay so at some point though one of you and i'm betting it's albert discovers ultra marathons am i correct
1: you're wrong. What we discovered yeah, it yeah. at the same night together? Believe that or not, it happened, and it was a Dan. Am I right on this? It was that video we watched.
2: Yeah, it was Barkley. It was uh, yeah. the race that eats. It, we watched Barkley Marathons, the race that eats its young. Yeah.
0: So you guys yeah. are having a movie night. You're just hanging out, and you're like, oh, here's a here's a video on Netflix. There's an old man in a flannel shirt in front of a yellow gate. This is going to be wonderful. And you watch that, and you're like, oh, good heavens.
1: The first words out of my mouth is how do we get to that? Yeah. Like yeah. immediately I want to be a part of that. No, it's like somebody showing you something you've never seen and instantly your heart goes, but I want to be there. I want to be doing that. Not for the fame and glory. I want to see how hard that is. Wow. Dan, did that was the, the first thing. Yeah.
2: Dan, did you have the same reaction? Yeah. And you know what, you know, this is so interesting, Ryan, because we watched it. I think there were three other friends there that night and we watch it, and only Albert and I, like, at the end, really look at each other and say, like, we have to do things like this. And like, and that was it. I mean, Albert's like, he's immediately online. How do you get into this thing? Which we still haven't really figured
1: out. There is no clear-cut instructions to get there.
2: <laughs> For the right but, amount of money, I can tell you. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but it was so weird to realize the other three friends really had no interest. Yeah. And in that moment, like I think that's when Albert and I start realizing we think the same we think along the same lines, yeah, and the things that other people look at and think, why would you want, like watching this video saying, why would you want to put yourself through that type of pain? Doesn't that look miserable? Ugh. And we look at it and say, I, just, I really want to experience that. Yeah.
0: So they the, the other three people at that party at the movie night at Albert's are thinking, well, this was a waste of 90 minutes. I'll never get this back. I had to watch the some morons running through the mountains of Tennessee and and it awakened something in you guys that you know got Albert to stop running tough mutters three times in a row.
1: I you know what's funny about that? It's like we wasted 90 minutes that night that we should have been running. You know what I mean? Like that's the mentality when you start watching, she's like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna go, what are we doing here? Let's all go for a run. Like I would not <laughs> be surprised if that was not something that popped up that evening and, and that was said <laughs> and those three friends were pretty much uh no i'm not doing any of this that's cool for them you know so who discovered? You know oh, we went from that video mm-hmm. and i think within like an hour dan afterwards we were watching the zion 100 intro uh in zion national park they have a hundred mile race there and it was just breathtaking beauty and we started looking up more of these look at these hundred mile races where it looked they're in the most beautiful spots in our entire country. It's gorgeous. All of a sudden, it was like we can travel. We, can, I mean, it just like it exploded in one night. What, what the possibilities were? <laughs>
0: okay, you guys had to pull a trigger though. At some point, you pulled the trigger on your first ultra. Did you guys do your first ultra together?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, oh, we yeah. did it in training. Our first, if you want to say an ultra distance, not an official race. Our first distance was training in Lackawanna State Park um, up here in, uh, Northeast Pennsylvania. It's a little park. It's about 35 miles of trails. It's a class a single track, gorgeous, just amazing little park for what it is. And I was dying, (laughs) you know, like, and we had built it up. We'd been out there. We'd been going, We, we started going in the morning and training for that. We had not signed up for anything. I don't think yet. Right. Dan, I think it was just, we need to get out there. I start i mean we it was in the winter we started in like march right yeah we started march of 2019 yep yep and we just started putting man it would be funny to go back and look at those runs now but i mean they were big deals to us dan was the only one with the gps watch he had a garmin forerunner 235 and it was just like it was like amazing we could track this and we we could see where we ran and me being the skate, I was like, not for years. I'm not getting a watch for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> i just like, good for you, Dan. <laughs> so we ran and ran and ran. And at some point, you want to talk about pulling a trigger, we decided um, we were going to run. Uh, it's Burks, right? The Burks free to run? Yeah, free to run trail races 50. or something. Okay. Yeah, it's a 50-miler. It's in Massachusetts. Gorgeous park where it's held. I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. Uh, I think it was 9,800 feet for 50 miles. Wow. I mean, that's a pretty yeah. serious first 50 to walk into. This was not a flat 50. And uh, gosh, and we trained. We trained and trained. That's in September. So we ran that whole spring into summer, and we just kept just logging the miles, logging the miles. And we were – boy, there's all – it's like and watching – if I look back now, somebody doing what we were doing, I would laugh at them with – with pity because right. it's like oh you're making all these mistakes oh don't do this right. don't do that but for the most part i think we knocked it out of the park with just starting saw easy miles no road miles period yeah just all dirt right dan i don't think we did any road no we i mean honestly
2: i think we stayed off of roads for like the years. next 18 months yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah and we and you know at this point when we start kind of in spring of 2019 at this point now Albert and I have kind of like connected our lives yeah so that I mean I don't want to exaggerate but like and I'm the I'm the I'm the the data guy for yeah. the team yeah obviously. so I'm the one with the spreadsheet I'm the one with the all the, I'm pulling all the data trying to compare and keep us on track and I mean at this point I think we're running at least 95% of our miles together and we even have a couple scenarios that come up where you know, for Saturday miles. I remember one one weekend in particular, uh I don't know why, I had to I had to interview someone for a job on a Saturday morning. Yeah. And my boss really wanted me to sit in on this. I really didn't have a way out of it. And you know, Albert's like, Well, well, hey, then we're getting our miles in together. And I think that Friday we went out at like eleven o'clock at night and ran until four in the morning just to get our miles in together. Yeah. So so the commitment is You know, the accountability with each other is not only do we want miles, not only do we want to train along the same lines, but we want to be together to know how each other is doing with the same exact training plan. And then when we really, really, I mean, I always joke, I probably I feel like I know Albert better than I do myself and vice versa, so that we keep an eye on each other when we're out there running.
0: That's interesting. And you wonder, Dan, you have to wonder a little bit. Is it your charming personality? Or is it because Albert's so cheap and won't buy a watch? So he just, the only way he's gonna know what he's I'll running just- is he's just running with you. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Ryan. Never I never no way of tracking this. <laughs> I sold him that Garmin used, and yeah, he
1: got a good I bought deal. his
2: watch, <laughs> and I didn't like my next watch. I remember I finally landed on Coros, and uh, and we've been ever since this point now. I mean, we love Coros. Garmin was great for what it was, but we've been thrilled moving to Koros.
1: Yeah.
2: And Ryan, I mean, I, 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 still, my our families are still doing dinner together. Um, we're over at the props house. And I'm just working it all the time, bringing it into every conversation. Albert's got to get this watch like mine. Albert's got to get this watch <laughs> like mine. So when he finally bought a Cor- Coro's Apex, I mean, that that was the accomplishment. We can talk about races. We can talk about finish times. My accomplishment is I got Albert to buy a brand new watch. Or it might have been
1: refurbished. <laughs> no, it was a real deal. I finally okay. ended up to it. <laughs> 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 so yeah, it's just it's one of those things and, and, and the thing is these two personalities, right? They're different in a lot of ways. Yeah. But when you and I think people are too reserved in opening themselves up to other people. yeah and, and and you don't have to be good friends with somebody to meet a serious running partner that you actually don't have a lot of con- a lot of con- un- in common right until you start spending time together and you find those things you can mesh with. And Dan and I are great friends. Like we vacation every year together out at uh, where I grew up and we do a whole bunch of stuff together. And I think it's rare. And then, you know, so stepping back to so one of the things that we, we did, we're running that whole spring in summer. summer. Yeah. We're looking forward to that 50 miler in September. And we started with this, this idea started to blossom of like, what can we do with this? What is something that we can like, foster this into and if we started coming up with names for ourselves like yeah. not like a more like a team name i guess you could say and i started searching instagram like checking all the handles finding out what's available and ultra marathon boys is available and that's <laughs> and so i was like dan this is it we're gonna just nobody needs to know really who we are i said but we're just gonna start logging everything in there for pictures you can remember all this stuff as simple as that thought was it has like blossomed into something beyond that. Like when we run our races, unless we agree that it's going to be different or do something else, we run every race side by side. Like normally if you have a running partner, you come together, you run right. Good luck. See at the end. Right. Or you're on your own beat. Right. It just, that's not how it works for us. I, we actually run superior together and apart. I feel like, it can be a wild card situation. I'm going to fly and probably burn out. Dan had a tendency to just hang back and stay super conservative on things. And when you put us both together, it's a nice match where we can push the one, pull the other one back, you know, depending on you know, trail conditions or timing or whatever.
0: I was going to say, Dan, were you worried when he finally bought a watch that he'd leave you?
2: But obviously the answer is no. <laughs>
1: I'm a gold digger. That's all I am,
2: man. <laughs> well, you know when when we were when so the plan was to work our way up to hundred, and Albert really wanted to do Zion, which we just yeah. haven't gotten out to. I mean, COVID hit right spring of twenty, and, and that changed all our race plans. But you know, I remember early on, I had to give Albert kind of like a safe word when I wanted to back up on training. Yeah, uh, you know, we're we're a really different build, um, Albert. What are you like six two? I'm six two, two 215 pounds. I'm a big guy. Yeah. yeah, I'm five. I'm five seven. I'm I'm ideally like one fifty on race day. So we're we're built really different. Like you see us together, you wouldn't think we'd run the same pace or have the same style. Yeah. So I remember just telling him like, "Hey, I need to be able to back out when you when you're ready to be stronger and more successful at this than I am. Like, wh- like leave me in the dust. I'm fine with that. I I got to know that you'll let me quit when you get too fit." And that was the thing that blew my mind is training together. We really built up the same skills at the same time, just doing everything together.
0: What is the safe word? That's what everybody's going to want to know.
2: (laughs) That's right. I got to keep it safe at this point, Ryan.
1: (laughs) I haven't said it and I'm not not ready to. (laughs) So so what the interesting thing that started to dawn us was we know nobody. Famous, middle famous, no famous. Nobody's doing what we're doing. I mean, and what I'm saying that is like they might have people that train together. They do separate races right. or they do the same races and they'll race together, but they don't train together. Or these all these other hybrid situations. Literally, there's nobody that trains every single day together, races at all the same races together. And when they're racing, they race together unless an unforeseen situation. Somebody gets dramatically hurt or something they just physically can't do it then we can release we basically release that person and say go you know basically you know this is over for me you know so like it's really special and we've been around the running world now i'd say probably we're coming up on like two and a half to three years and we pay pretty close attention, and nobody's doing that.
0: Yeah, you're, I, mean, I think you're right. I think you guys take it a step beyond. I think most people have training partners. I, you know, I run with Jeff Stafford, Travis Estherby on a regular basis, and they're you know they're my they're my team, they're my crew. You know, they're we're always we're always getting miles in together and enjoying time. But we come race time, we're like, okay, we'll see at the finish line, that sort of thing. To train all your miles together, to race all your miles together. Uh, that's 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 highly unusual. Um, what is it about? And I will I'll ask this to both of you. Albert, we'll start with you. What is it about Dan that you find so endearing that you want to spend all this time with him?
1: And it's a that's a that's a serious question. You can be out there and we'll go on our weekend runs and they're you know, they could be twelve hours or whatever, and then you think about these races yep. that are twenty four hours and more. Yep. Who do you want to spend this kind of time with? And I'll tell you, Dan and I What's, I can say, answer your question. What's most doing? It's, it's not having all the same things in common and not having the same mentality. Dan just works very different with his mind with analyzation of situations or friends. And we kind of run in the same friend circles in a lot of ways. Yeah. So we have, a, I mean, we can talk about religion, business. We don't talk about credit cards, though. <laughs> One subject we don't talk about credit cards because last time Dan and I talked about credit cards, he fell and broke his uh, collarbone, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like on a nice wide open trail. It was like,
2: and the, the time and after me. that, I, we started to bring up cre- yeah credit card rewards and like strategies to get the most out of your rewards. Yeah. And I started the trip again. I was like, Albert, we're done. <laughs> that topic's off,
1: off limits. Dan, see, that's just it. Dan, folk, he starts to his wheels start to turn. You could bring up. Dan knows other subjects. He brings up with me. And all of a sudden, all my energy is poured into it. Yeah, I can think about it, and you overfocus on what you're talking about, and who knows, maybe you do trip, maybe you don't. But what's so endearing about Dan? It's we can talk for 24 hours, hardly ever hitting the same subject twice, and still be willing to talk. Like, and we, and I've ticked Dan off before in small ways, but he's forgiving enough to overlook those and be like. I can see the benefits of still having Albert here and then vice versa. Dan's done things that rub me. And then, you you know, you're out there for 12 hours. I don't care who you are. You're a human. You're going to get ticked off by the way somebody breathes, farts, smells, eats, licks a wrapper. You could just name it. It's a hundred things. You know what I mean? So, it is such a forgiving balance. And I think we look at, I don't think we ever say this, but I think we look at, we're pretty darn close that I'd say you're, the word's overused. Oh, brother, I'll right. see you. Yeah, It's overused. It's butchered. There's a lot of fields out there. People go, oh, okay, brother. Yeah, he's my brother. No. Right. When you spend this amount of time, it gets really, really close to almost like, what's the difference besides the bloodlines at this point? You know what I mean? Right. So, And, and if, if we were brothers, I'm definitely the better looking of them. <laughs> 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 so that's that that's the answer to your question on that. What's so endearing about that is it's, and we have a love of the same things. First of all, we're both Christians. That makes it an easy blend already. We're both homeschoolers. Both got married uh, fairly young. We both have two kids. We live about 12 minutes apart from each other. There's a lot of things there. And it also feels like us versus the world too. Like there's, you move, I'm you move to Colorado. You got a lot of people that are doing what you're doing. There is nobody here doing what we're doing in Northeast PA. There may be one or two other people that run like us, and I don't even know who they are. But I know that they're out there. There's got to be some other people here because we can't be the only ones in Northeast PA. So it kind of feels like us versus the world to a degree. I don't know, Dan. Do you have those same feelings? Yeah, I mean,
2: I think I think the thing that that is so easy to run and train with Albert with is i mean besides just the fact that yeah i mean we go out on a saturday and if we're doing like maybe six hours yeah we'll we'll joke with each other like it's not even like we started like it's almost like you know so you just watch the trailer to a movie right so we we can spend significant time together but albert's the kind of guy who let me back up i'm the kind of guy with other friends where they think i'm crazy and i come up with these ideas and suggestions and they think they they think i'm joking most of the time and i only do one percent of them but my mind is thinking about all these ideas and and different opportunities that are out there. Albert is that, I always say, I am to my other friends, what Albert is to me. So his drive to find the next thing, his drive and passion to keep making yourself sharper and harder and stronger is unparalleled. So like he said, you know, he'll, he would always start a race too fast and I would always Basically, try to walk as much as possible because walking is just so fun, right? Right. right. So easy. <laughs> we call it
0: power hiking, Dan. We don't call that, it walking right.
2: work stream. <laughs> yeah. So power hiking is such a good time that you know, and and we can see it not only with the stage of the race, but we can see it with the terrain too. It sounds really crazy. I need Albert to pull me up hills. Albert loves hills. You put him on a hill. I've never seen someone move up a hill power walk power hiking a hill like just moving past runners it makes no sense and i'm he keeps me moving up that we get to a flat section albert's bored Um, (laughs) he's like he's done he's disinterested we did that burks there were two big climbs and again ten thousand feet and 50 miles great course but the last i think it's like three and a half four miles it's kind of flat and you're kind of looping through some woods and that is the stage of the loop where albert is struggling and it blows my mind I'm like, this is the part where we can turn the legs on. Now we can start having some fun. The hills are behind us. And Albert's just like bemoaning the fact that, you know, it's so boring. <laughs> so, you know, we, we we push and push each other in areas where kind of where I'm where I'm slacking, he's packing. And it just, you know, the opposite is true. And that and that really keeps us going. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Albert, I I I wish I could think of some of the crazy ideas you had while we're out running.
0: Well, it does kind of seem like you guys each other fills the gap and that the two of you combined would be the perfect ultra runner. (laughs) Like, like, like
1: like, if we could, (laughs) right, right, right.
0: You know, wonder twins. If you could wonder twins it up here. Do you guys have, have uh, blood brothers or in your family or you guys single kids? Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I have a brother and two sisters. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I have a, I have a sister and a brother. Um,
2: I mean, I would say like, like there's, there's no issues between me and my brother. We just don't have a lot of this stuff in common. Right, uh, and I and I have to say, I mean, I talk to Albert more than I talk to any of my family other than my wife. So uh,
1: some weeks there's more where I actually get more
2: talk <laughs> time. in. There is no on a busy on a busy week at work where you know Ryan, you get it. Work work is going to require certain things of you. That doesn't mean your training can slack. Right. It means you're on the trails earlier in the day. Yep. Yeah. You're figuring it out, but yeah, no, we'll. <laughs> we don't want to add up the math. We don't want to, just like I told my wife, I realized last year I used nine vacation days, either running with Albert or crewing with Albert. (laughs) And uh, when she heard it that way, I realized I can't mention it like that. You know, nine vacation days, that's almost two weeks of my vacation. I only get three weeks, Ryan. So when we realized, you know, running (laughs) Albert's a pretty big part of our family calendar at this point.
0: (laughs) That's incredible. Yeah. You're like, you know, I've got three weeks of paid vacation a year and, uh, Honey, I use one week with you. Yeah, <laughs> I used one week with my wife, and then I use two weeks with Albert. That's just
1: that, how it. That's it. How it goes. Yeah, that's, that's the ratio. <laughs> uh,
0: Whose idea yeah. was it? You guys did an FKT recently. Whose idea was that? I think that was
1: Dan's. Dan fostered this. He definitely no, wanted that was, it more yeah. than me. <laughs> that,
2: that was all you, Albert. Come on, don't blame me. <laughs> what the so- FKT? We were we were on Zoom with a race director yeah. uh, just chatting about an upcoming race ah, in May at Keystone right. Backyard. Right. He threw the idea out there. So after we were done chatting on Zoom, he he kind of walked us through what the trail was like. It's close to us that the northern terminus is 35 miles from where we live. And honestly, we didn't we didn't know. We knew parts of it. We didn't know the whole thing was connected.
1: Yeah. So
2: he suggested it and at that point, I don't even know if we, I mean, I think we just knew that we were going to do it. It wasn't even a matter of deciding. We just, once we heard about this trail hunt, the DNL trail, mm-hmm. trail here in Eastern Pennsylvania, 159 miles from Northern to Southern terminus. There there was no doubt. We, we knew it was just a matter of when.
0: So it happened. You guys did it, but it didn't go how you expected or probably how you wanted. Um, just run that run that story by us. Let's let's hear all about your FKT at the DNL trail because this was you guys had planned to do this and to and to be co FKT.
1: Yeah, we would have tied. Okay, yeah, they would, we already cleared that with them. They said, "Yep, you guys both come in, submit one GPX file. We're going to list both your names." Okay, and ult, ultra marathon boys, we, we would have tried to sneak that in our name somewhere as right. a nickname because like it just would have looked good too, yeah. you know. But I'm just going to state before we even get into this this may be one of the hardest runs a person can do and i'm only going to state this why there's negative elevation on this thing and the footing never changes it is packed cinders the whole way the 159 miles your foot lands in the same spot every single time with no variation in feet so just keep that in mind as dan kind of meanders down this story because it is one of the hardest things I think you can do. I told Dan, I said, give me 20,000 feet in elevation change through the mountains. Your foot's landing in all right, different yeah. positions. So, go ahead, Dan. You break it down for him. Well, real, real quick. I mean, that's the danger yeah. of a
0: lot of a lot of people poo-poo flat races. They do, oh. and you hear it all the time. They're like, yeah, it's yep. flat. I need some vert." And they because they think the flat races are easy, and the flatter races are called like cupcake hundreds or whatever. And sure. the reality is, there is no easy 100 miles. And the yep. danger of the flatter ones, like the tunnel hills and the yetis, are that you will run yourself into the ground because because... because you're not the hills give you a chance to force yourself to slow down use a different set of muscles and it varies things up you what you said about uh, it's flat it's you know the same your foot's landing in the same spot for 159 miles that is i mean that says a lot it is tougher than people would think so dan go ahead and break down the uh, dnl trail fkt
2: Yeah, well, we did this. I think it was three, three weekends ago, three weeks ago, uh, we pulled this off. And I mean, there was just a ton of planning together. I mean, Albert, there was one night we were, we were sitting here on Zoom, then we're sitting here on the phone until I don't even know, close to 1am, putting pins on Google Maps, and Albert created this really cool note in Apple Notes, which I thought was a terrible idea, but it was he was right. It worked really well. You could click a name of a of a of a trail intersection it immediately navigate you in Google Maps from from an Apple note. So we put all this data together. We had all all this planning, all this thought. Uh, we had a friend, Landon, who, who had agreed. He had no idea what he was agreeing to. We had no idea what we were asking. He was going to grow right. us the whole thing. We planned 40 hours. We wanted to start Friday at about two thirty in the afternoon. We wanted to be done. Sunday morning around sunrise. Yep. So we just thought, you know, given the time of year, given the daylight, we thought mentally that would make sense. Obviously, finishing at sunrise is a great experience. Oh, well, for sure. So we we started and we started here in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, and the first couple of miles are just in in town. And we're running past people, and we're just yelling at people in their yards. We're running to Bristol, you know. We're running this whole yeah. trail. They don't even realize they live on a trail, right? You're just <laughs> those people out, it's just so
1: chilling. on a trail. Yeah, they're uninformed about anything, <laughs> right? They're like, yeah, "Why are these people running in our backyard? <laughs> you're crazy." There's two dudes running in our backyard. Why is that? <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> so we, you know, the first seven miles are uphill, and then from that point, you've gained all your. Elevation, and you go this slow grade all the way uh, the rest of the trail. Yeah, and we were we were humming. I mean, I think we were feeling pretty good the first twenty miles. I know for myself, somewhere between uh, somewhere between twenty and thirty, my feet started to hurt, but it wasn't anything terrible.
1: Right. I see. I it got a just... blister at seventeen. Damn. I remember it was like fifteen or seventeen. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Oh, I already weird. have a blister. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. We had just. It was great. That,
2: that was the last time we saw our family's Friday night there before before sunset. You, yeah. yeah, you had a blister. We kept moving, and that yeah, I remember that section uh, between what they call Black Diamond and White Haven. We I remember we kind of stopped a couple times, and I would just we'd start mentioning wow, our feet kind of hurt. And and Ryan, three weeks before we'd run uh, Ohio's backyard ultra, we each got over hundred miles, and it didn't really hurt. I mean, eventually I got tired and I kind of quit because I knew this FKT was coming. Right. So, we're thinking we've run big miles, uh, but we were feeling disproportionate pain, but only in our feet, muscles, everything else was feeling good. So, we saw our our buddy Landon uh, for dinner, and we had about a 22-mile section where we would have a drop bag, but no actual crew access. And I remember during that section, again, the pain just kind of kept coming up, but it it was – it really started feeling like the nerves in our feet, right? I I, I would describe it as it was – it was a hot pain. It was a sharp pain. Yeah. As soon as you'd stop, there was instant relief. So I look back and I think it's just, it was a terrain we'd never trained on. We, right. we train, even when we're on the roads, we won't do a road run unless we get at least a hundred miles of, of gain per mile. 100 so if we can't yeah. plan that, if we can't plan a hundred feet yet, yeah, yeah, did I say that wrong? A hundred yeah. feet of gain per mile. We won't do that road run just because we like the variety. Right. And we just started, we were still doing a nice slow pace, but we just, we just felt foot pain that it was insane. It made no sense. Yeah. So we got to about, I remember, I think it was about a mile. We started picking up pacers once the sun came up and they knew we were hurting. They knew we were moving a little slower. And I think it was probably about mile 75. I never saw Albert cry. Ryan, I don't cry a lot in life. I can cry running. Yeah. I started shedding tears at about mile 75. And just remember saying to my wife at one of the crew stops that it it just hurt.
1: Uh, but we kept picking up pacers. Ryan, and, and I, I don't I don't know how to explain this to people, right? We run hundreds. No no pain. You get some blisters, but it's really not painful. You bandage it up. You right, keep yeah. it moving. This is unlike anything we had ever experienced. And you're I mean, both was, experiencing
0: this at the same time.
1: Oh, it same was. Yeah, I mean, if yeah, we were like at mile 50, weren't we, Dan? And it was like. What is happening? It's yeah. getting worse and worse and worse. I mean, it was. Go ahead, Dan. I, I, it was, yeah, it was.
2: It, yeah, I would say it was about mile fifty where I was starting to expect quietly in my head. And I know we got quiet. We actually listened to music, which we do very, very rarely. Yeah. Uh, but I know it was about mile fifty. I started really doubting the ability to pull this thing off because I, I just knew. I just knew we were losing control of it earlier than we
1: were than we would be prepared to lose control of it. We expected so, but, like. Uh, plus 100 we get past 100 it's going to explode there's going to be things going on at 50 it was like that you got that somebody sucker punch you before you got the chance to stand up wow yeah. <laughs> And at that point you got 109 miles to go big big difference.
2: yeah 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 which is the time even beyond the miles the miles still don't sound scary when you think of them but when you think of the hours yeah it's a lot of time so we, we pushed through Saturday. We had, you know, I did, a, I did a Facebook post just mentioning some of the people. I mean, the, we had guys through, uh, through Jake Martinez, who's the race director for Keystone Backyard. Jake heard about, knew about us doing this. He had introduced the concept and he emailed all the participants of the race and said, hey, two of the runners for next month's race are coming out to do this. I love hearing of my runners doing exciting things. Who wants to help them? And we had, I don't know, 10 guys come out including jake came out he brought his whole uh university's d1 cross country team out to meet us uh his dad came out his dad w- had tried it last year and unsuccessful and was unsuccessful
1: at setting the fk and experienced exactly what we did the really? same de- de- i mean destructive foot pain yeah it's It's the same exact same thing.
0: (laughs) Interesting. That's very interesting that he experienced it. You both experienced it at the same time, but you keep on moving. You're not giving up at this point.
2: Yeah, no, we keep on moving because, you know, we see our crew every four miles or so. Right. I mean, you just, and that's it, right? And Ryan, you know this, I mean, everybody who's done ultras has learned any type of movement is better than stopping. Right. So we just, we just keep moving and we had some good spots where we were, we were putting down some good times again, I run faster after I cry. I'm, I'm, I'm confident <laughs> of myself now I can mention that. Uh, but we reached We what we did. I'm trying to think this was probably a uh, Saturday late afternoon. We're coming up on the hundred mile mark. So we know there's about 60 to go at this point. Yeah. And that's really easy. So I'm, I'm the math guy for us. And that's really easy math. When there's 60 miles remaining, a second becomes a minute. A minute becomes an hour so albert and i start playing around with what does this look like for our finish time given our current pace not our average pace our current pace right and we come up with one number that says we're going to be out there for you know 15 hours right and we try to hold that pace that takes our 6 a.m finish slides it to around i think 10 a.m okay and we try to hold that pace and ryan we just couldn't at that point um we were just we were just really just falling apart. Yeah. Saw our families at about the hundred and t- t- hundred and three mile mark. Uh, they gave us some dinner, and at that point, you know, it was a pretty grim stop. You could tell we were right. starting to doubt, you know, what was going to be able to happen. Right. And Albert made it three more miles to one hundred and six, and you know, we we talked about this because again, like our fr- our friendship is so good that we know we need to talk about some of these things before we go into this. Yeah. And we had agreed that if one of us stopped. Now the plan was i was gonna quit because you know that sounded like more fun right the other would keep going
0: (laughs) right right
2: so we agreed you know that was important that we put a lot i mean each of us put in tons of energy planning preparing uh we'd split one of these uh one of these gps trackers that fkt can be watching so we were both invested but we had to agree that there was no hard feelings if the other person went on and, and the other and tried to
1: do it. Right. And the other thing we had said during this was actually it doubles your odds of completing an FKT, but you have to be willing to share this. And most people are unwilling to share an attempt. Right. They're all, they, they want to pacer, but they're there for them. And then, and that's fine. Like we might even do that at some point, but we set this out. It was like, we both want to be on there. We both want to fe- do this. And if it came down to where somebody splits up, well, now you just blew the 50% odds out of the way. There's still a 50% chance of making it at that point. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like a, having a built-in pacer as well.
0: So you had to make a tough decision. And I'm sure having spent all this time, you guys train together, you run all of your races side by side. Albert, you're you're calling it quits at some point.
1: Yeah, I remember we were coming up to this one thing where it was like a set of stairs. There's a small bridge and a set of stairs going back down the other side. And there's a, this canal is always next to you all yeah. the time. It's like some of some parts are stinky. It's always wet and mucky. And and I remember just looking at Dan and I said, Dan, the pain is, I mean, it's, it's 11 on a scale of 10. I mean, right. it was just, I remember Dan and I said a couple miles before that, I was like, I feel like if you took a razor blade and just started cutting our feet, that's the only thing that could hurt more than what the, that, cause it, you know, your nerves. Yeah. I think I was maxing out. I don't think there was much pain I could feel after that. Like, I look back and that, you always look back and you say, oh, could I have done more? Could I have done, could I have made a different decision? I think I couldn't have felt any more pain at that point. And I had taken some pills and I told Dan, I said, they were just wearing off. And I was just coming off of that. uh, And it, I mean, it was to the ceiling. I said, I I mean, Dan even can attest this. I, it felt like I was walking on pins and needles and I, I just literally was limping up the stairs I'm like I literally cannot go any faster than I want right now I literally am and I told him I said we should have had pills on us but that's always a bad thing you right. have pills on and 24 hours in you start forgetting when you had pills last. right yep yeah exactly <laughs> so Very our, dangerous. our crew guy holds on to those with an iron fist you know but um and I just I told him I said I cannot do this you have to go for it, and remember there's also i, I told dan I said the weight discrepancy here is pretty significant <laughs> i said if i threw a bag of 50 pound dog food on your back you'd be getting close to my weight you know what i mean so that's my way of justifying that like it hurt more but you know what here's the thing when we when i made that decision i said dan you got to go he's like listen you cannot be mad at me i said listen go get this thing we we're here together we're doing this this is like our joint venture you know what i mean and he took off and i called my wife she swung by at the truck grabbed me scooped me up in there and there's always that bittersweet like you shut the truck door and you're instantly just you know you want to feel yourself going into a coma yeah because it's so comfy it's warm in there you know and then your emotions are like but i'm giving up but you're literally look at your feet like not make any more decisions right the decisions have been made for me yeah <laughs> you know so and what's crazy is uh however many weeks prior to that we did that uh ohio's backyard ultra what did i do for mileage Dan? uh one twelve and a half not even a tenth of this pain if i would have went back if i could take this, now and this is this is the key for me looking back on the amount of pain i was experiencing if i went back to ohio's backyard ultra I would have put another 40 miles on because I wasn't experiencing pain yet. I thought I was experiencing pain because I had a blister and it was sore and it was rubbing on the side of my shoe. Heaven help me because now I know how bad it can feel on the bottom of your feet. It's, it's, it's like, um, you know, Dan said in the beginning of this, he goes, you know, it makes you a better person to try hard things and do hard things and even fail at hard things because then it sets the bar and that bar just gets bumped. It, it fail yeah. or complete. It doesn't matter. It gets bumped forward and you start to realize you, you can make adjustments and keep just getting a little farther, a little farther. You're not going to go out and crack these races the first time around. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so I see Dan disappear, get in the truck, and I'm off to the hotel room at that point. I am literally useless. And, you know, as soon as you turn off that switch – you're useless i don't care who you are you know i felt guilty i'm like i should be in the the chase car with him but landon he did a great job he was staying with him and uh and then i seen dan just take off and go so it's like it's like one of those bittersweet moments but that's what that's he would have done the same for me he would have said go get moving
0: you know was it tough dan when 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 albert said you know it's time to go
2: yeah yeah no i mean it was i mean it was tough because you know i believe in him so much and you know at the same time i mean it's you know he's his own person he can decide that right i can't make a decision for someone and we we all know right those are very that's a very personal decision if you're going to reach a point where you can't go forward and even if he wants to doubt himself later on that's for him to do that's not for me to to you know to be involved with per se right um but yeah i know i i i called my wife i said you know albert's out well, i called albert's wife dropped the pin said i left him on the side of the road um <laughs> called, my in wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, called my wife said he was done and i was going to keep going but i didn't know what i had in me and i just you know at this point let me think i've been awake for about about 36 hours at this point yeah. so you know your mind is is beginning to struggle right uh just from all aspects of reality. And so I say to my wife, listen, make sure you leave your phone on. If I quit, I need to know that I can get into the hotel room overnight. Don't have your phone off. If I quit, we have Landon. We got to figure out, we got to get him a hotel room. Right. You know, so I start making those plans for who knows what. And, and when I left Albert, I said to myself, I need at least five miles. And that wasn't, that was not like, I need five miles to beat him. Right. That was, I needed to show that I didn't quit because he quit.
0: Right. It makes so sense. So I knew yeah. if
2: I stopped right when he did that was too coincidental right that wasn't my time to quit that was his time to quit and i happened to choose the easy way out and choose his decision so i knew i said five miles is enough of a buffer that's an independent decision i'm on my own at that point yep exactly so i call my wife make sure you know she knows i'm going to be out the sun's sun's down i'm not going to see her again until ideally the finish line so you know make plans that you know I'll, i'll talk to you when i talk to you it could be in the middle of night be available um, I call Landon and I start giving him kind of an, an order. We'd been we'd been taking a lot of time when we stopped to crew. We'd been sitting down, we'd been picking out our stuff. Yep. But I call him and just kind of bark out some orders. I want this, I want this, I want this. I have everything ready. A- in particular, I say I'm moving. I'm doing good. I actually end up popping a, a blister on my toe uh, about a hundred feet from him, so I start hobbling a little. Get in, tape that up. Didn't want to tape it up. I had to tape it up and throw in my headphones. And I took off, and i and I took off just out of frustration, because this thing was so much harder than it was supposed to be. right. I looked at this on paper, and it looked I, I know I sound like an idiot right now. It looked so easy. And like I said, we'd run you know, we'd run over a hundred. We'd done these miles on you know single track trails in the woods. It just it was supposed to be just another run. It wasn't it was supposed to be maybe sixty percent harder, right. But now you know, I know, and we all know you know, 50 miles is, is 150 is more than 50% harder than a hundred. Right. Right. You know, it's, it's, di- those miles become disproportionately more difficult. So yeah, I, I, I just run, I'm moving, putting down some good times. I actually get back to the target pace that we wanted over the next seven or eight miles yeah. and make up, make up a lot of time Yeah, and come on to, you know, a pacer who I was only supposed to have until 11 o'clock at night. And this guy, uh, Nolan, just, I mean, he he made this thing possible. I know a lot of people did, but he says, Hey man, I'm gonna stay with you all night. I don't have to be at work until like 8 a.m. the next day. And then he changes his work schedule. So I end up having him until 10 a.m. the next day. So a pacer who was supposed to show up for like three or four hours stuck with me for like 45 miles. Wow. All night. And I hit two points with insane hallucinations, like a psychotic break um i kind of accused him of kidnapping me at a point in time i forgot who he was i didn't know where i was and i didn't know where albert was uh so i kind of grill him and realize i'm safe everything's okay and then you know if you've ever had one of those you snap out of it a few minutes later and yeah you're okay again yeah your mind just needed to hit a reset button right and, and i had a big one of those at, at 3:30. um i mean screaming crying yelling Start being convinced I've been where I am before. Bad things happen here. I need to get out of here. Right. Uh, I've told Albert after the fact, and you're speaking a little bit insane. I'm mad at Albert. He's coming up on my rant. He, he left me. You know, he was yeah. supposed to be here with me. Uh, but I'll tell you what, my crew guy, Landon and Nolan, the pacer, they just stood me up, you know, g- gave me a piece of bread because that was about what my stomach could tolerate yeah. at this point. Filled up my tailwind and just got me walking and just moving down the trail and you know sunrise hit and that just means so much i was moving really slow um i mean those last those last several miles i was down to about a 20 minute mile yeah and i had i had no one the last 10 miles no one no pacers no albert i was gonna see the crew and everybody one time in between that last 10 miles to the finish line and here comes a guy around the corner from the day before, who was not supposed to be pacing us on Sunday. He didn't even tell us. He didn't even tell he's, he, he's been tracking us on our GPS. Yeah. So he shows up. He's like, hey, and he can tell I'm a little out of it. Hey, Dan, it's Ray. I'm going to run with you for a little bit. I'm like, Ray, what are you doing here? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with you to the finish line. I'm like, but when did I meet you? Was that yesterday? <laughs> like everything's right, confused, Right. You know? Yeah. So Ray sticks with me and we, I say, let's try to. I said, Ray, I got to walk the whole, the whole finish and then we try to run it goes terribly uh we reach we see everybody final crew about six miles to go we don't even stop we just keep going and uh we reach about three and a half miles to the finish and i just look at ray it starts to rain and i just say screw it like i am so done i need to be done we're running from here to the finish and you know at that point we run sub 10 minute miles which Wow. That feels really fast. Yeah. Sounds point so easy, doesn't it? Right, right. <laughs> sounds so easy. It, it was it was so bad. And Ray just takes all my heavy he takes my rain jacket, you know, he takes all the gear that's weighted and just starts muling things for me. And I mean we just it just felt like we flew for that last three and a half miles. And uh I dreamed of hitting that. I've seen pictures of it. I'd never been there before the southern terminus. Yeah. There's a little placard on the edge of the Delaware River. And You know, I I mean, I described to other people, it felt like finishing the amazing race. I mean, you come in, there's these people who mean so much to you. They're all standing around. Yeah. Uh, I think they had my chair ready
1: or my chair was close to being ready. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you just come in and and it's over. Yeah, it's drizzling. Everybody's there. And what's interesting, so I'm going to give you my perspective. I went back and slept for 12 hours. Okay. Right. Right. (laughs) So I've licked my wounds pretty good during the night. You know, I show up the next morning, we get out of the hotel that the girls are staying in we go over there and we wait and i was like and i'm looking down the trail so i want to see this guy where is he at and uh we had seen him at one more connection uh he was by uh dunkin donuts we just got some quick stuff for him we went to the end and i'm like waiting for him i'm like there's people out for their morning walks and stuff and i see this guy there's two there's guys running down i'm like oh look at these yahoos they don't even know what they're doing i'm like all right where's dan at make it a little closer and that looks like Dan. Dan, Dan, you're running towards us. You know what I mean? Like, and then we start cheering because it's like, yeah. you're, you're. He, he can leave it all out there now. Right. You're, there is no stopping him from getting there at that point. And it was just cool watching him come in. <laughs> Best part was, collapses on the. There's a huge medallion on the ground on the south terminus of that. Yeah. He collapses onto it. I'm like, hey Dan, shut your watch off <laughs> He's out of his mind He can't get his watch shut off He keeps, completely forgets how to operate the watch I am like, I almost have to take his watch from him He finally gets it, shuts it off And then, I mean We haven't posted him yet, we're going to post him up On Ultramarathon Boys yeah. On Instagram, but the bottom of his feet Are destroyed I mean, it is the most Amazing thing to look. I, t- I told Dan the other night, I said You need to get that image of both bottoms of your feet placard in your house because like, <laughs> that is that's what you want
0: to remember <laughs> <laughs> so dan how did it feel i know you're you're losing your mind at this point it's been rough but how was it was a bittersweet crossing the line by yourself
2: no i think at that point i'd had the whole night to kind of process you know uh that it was just going to be me um i was worried that there would be like some jealousy that would rise up in Albertan handled it with incredible grace Yeah, Um, because again, I mean, we're a team. So, you know, what I accomplished speaks to the training, speaks to the drive, speaks to everything that we do together. And like he said, we, you know, we share an Instagram. I mean, you know, once you can, when you can share a social media account under both your names, I mean that, you know, you're basically, you're celebrating each other's victories. You're mourning each other's losses. So he was happy for me. I was sad for him, but it, it just felt, I mean it felt incredible to be over. um I mean it felt like a dream it didn't it didn't even, it didn't even feel like reality at that point in time. It really took a day or two to set in and and I know one hundred and fifty nine isn't you know that's not the longest distance out there um but you know for me to do that without without sleeping uh without really you know taking any significant stops, uh really just kind of opened up, yeah, in my mind what 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 people are capable of and i and I've seen what others do, but to experience that. And now, you know, we're going to a backyard. I've got actually a lingering ankle issue yeah. uh, from the FKT. We'll see if it if it clears up in the next three weeks. Albert's definitely doing um, this Keystone Backyard Ultra first year here in, in Pennsylvania, and you know, now you go to that, and forty eight hours doesn't sound so long anymore. It's just a number. Was well, how
0: long? How long was your FKT? So you got the the time of what now? Yeah, forty six hours twenty three minutes. Gotcha. Okay, so six hours longer than you'd planned. But yeah. heck, it's an FKT. We'll
1: take it, right? That's right. Dan, Dan, what was my hours on that? Was that like, I think it was like 26 hours or 28 hours or something like that? Yeah, uh, yeah I think 27 or so. 27. That's the longest I've run based on hours, not necessarily the mileage. Right, right. So it's interesting just how that works out as well. So it's one of those things like we both push limits. You yeah. didn't get to the point where you fell compl- completely short. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'll argue with anybody right now about that paved cinder trail it is unlike anything there's not unlike anything I've ever been on well again you, you guys trained
0: a lot on trails you guys were running a lot on soft surfaces and then you decided to do an FKT on a on a basically rails to trails and, well, it's, and you're that, like that, <laughs> the thing,
1: that the thing is with that though we do trails but then all winter we stayed on the roads yeah we stayed on the roads and ran but there is something about where your footing doesn't change and the most we ever ran was like 35. Right. You start crossing at 50 on those roads or something. It just something changes on that hard pack paved or that hard pack gravel stuff. It is we want somebody to beat it. That's the thing. Go beat it. If you're listening to this right now in this podcast, look up the DNL trail system on fastestknowntimes.com. go beat the sucker i would love for somebody to do it dan would love for somebody to do it yeah
2: no we, i mean we would welcome it because it was such a great experience and and that's yeah that that that's that's what it's about so well, we'd love to see someone do it and, and honestly we're already talking about you know when we're going to do it again uh even if someone doesn't just to to shave off from from what time i had and honestly it took a little more of me than i wanted it to i right. I, I kind of feel like even though you know we said it I, I, I want to do better and I, I want to feel like I beat it instead of it beating me up as much as it did.
0: Okay. No, I, I want to just amend a statement that Albert made minutes ago. If you're listening to this podcast, go and beat it. That does not apply to Michael Wardian. Mike, you've got <laughs> enough. <laughs> tell that guy to get lost and if i catch him in an alley he's done <laughs> i'm going after the knees all this sudden, we're gonna see it right we're gonna see it on ultra runner uh you know magazine michael wardian going for another fkt on the on the dnl trade like damn it damn it, <laughs> it- <laughs> and good luck ever trying
1: to get it from him.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's certain people you're like, yeah, go ahead and try for the FKT. But all of a sudden you hear Jim Walmsley going to Pennsylvania to set an FKT on the
1: DNL. Trail. Yeah, normal people.
2: It's normal people, Damn. Ryan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and I would say Dan and I, you know, in the running, ultra running world, we're, we're the normal guys. We're nothing special. Right. We're, we're dedicated and we love it. But we're just in a normal realm. We're nothing special here. Well, you know, no, you're hard workers.
0: And that's the thing. I mean, you got a work that's ethic. It. You got jobs and families and, you know, you, you, you got to sweat out those miles and then you have to go you know, earn a living and then you got to go take care of the family. Yeah. So
1: let me just say this. Anybody that's listening, we have zero sponsors. We are not. And Dan, I'm going to say something. I, I yeah. told him, I said, I'm unhinged on this podcast. Yeah. I don't think Dan and I will ever accept an ambassadorship period to anybody we'd rather be sponsored than these ambassadorships you ever watch people it's yeah like instagram explodes yeah. when they send out all their ambassadors like now either somebody wants to get behind and support us or we're just going to keep doing our own thing you know what i mean so the ultra marathon boys
0: much like the adventure jogger we are sponsor free uh we don't nice. take we're just got a patreon page that's it uh, won't take any money from sponsors i i for for me the thing is it keeps me honest. Yeah, I don't. I don't have to. If I tell you a product is good, it's because it's good, not because someone's mm-hmm. paying me to do it. Not. I mean, yeah. but but hey, everybody's got to make their their own way. And if someone decides that that's what they want to do, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. Just for me, I thought, you know, I can I can go, you know, hey, these shorts are really nice without going like and hey, use the promo code so and so, you know, so <laughs> so that sort of thing. But this this has really been great, guys. What an amazing story. Of of really two guys that have taken the whole running buddy thing to the next level. The ultramarathon boys aren't just running buddies. There is, is something a little bit deeper than that. You made a great point, Albert. Most people will train with people. You'll go to races with somebody. But at the start line, maybe you run a, first, a couple miles with them. But you you run your own races. You guys are really a team. And, and that's that's really awesome. That was, thank you for sharing your story.
1: Yeah. Oh, thanks for having us.
0: All right, everybody, go on Instagram, follow the Ultra Marathon Boys, and you can follow the Adventure Jogger while you're there as well. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. Really do appreciate it.